Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Before I put my brother on, I do want to give you an opportunity to join us with the daily Bible reading plan in 2024. This is going to be a powerful time. How many have always wanted to read the Bible, but you just haven't done it? Well, this is the year to do it. Come on, pa- uh, Pastor Evangelist Benjamin's on. I love you, man. So sign up. They'll put He'll put the link in the comments for those who want to sign up. Uh, somewhere, it's somewhere on there, on the Z Team feed. But you, I want to encourage you to join it. Actually, you can just go to go to you go to the Facebook page. You'll see it. Just scroll down, and you can hit the link. Amen. Hallelujah. Make sure you do that. Amy signed up. Other people are signing up. Come on, we got a great crowd on tonight. You guys are hungry. You guys are thirsty. Amen. And then also, we're going to run to win in 2024, starting January 2nd to the 22nd. It's 21 days of prayer and fasting. This is our year to run to win. And so you you position yourself so that you can walk in the victory God has for you. And so I am putting out broadcasts every single day, uh, Monday through Friday at 1 o'clock, and then we're going to continue Thursday and Tuesday night at 8 p.m. We're going to keep that going. And you can hit subscribe on YouTube so you get an update with that. It's going to be a great year, and I'm super excited. Well, without further ado, I want you to help me welcome all the way from Kansas City, Kansas, Pastor Christopher Zayner. Why don't you greet the folks? Well, hello, everyone. It's so glad to be on the broadcast tonight. Something good is going to happen to your life as we get into the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our lives. I've been telling everybody this, and I really believe it. This is going to be the greatest year that we've ever had in Jesus' name. I'm not just saying that to sound cute. I really believe that once 2024 hits, all of our lives are going to go to the next level. If you believe that, put that in the comments. Say a big amen. But this is going to be a great year. And um, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. So get ready to press into the Holy Spirit like never before and watch what God will do. Amen. You know... We're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit tonight. And, uh, you know, when you talk about a subject like this, we can literally go in 10 different directions. We can talk about the voice of God, the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. We can talk about being led by the Spirit. I mean, we can go on and on. Um, but tonight, I want to I want to dive into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the purpose and power of it. And uh, no greater person, I think, to help me talk about it than my brother. Um, because he has a powerful testimony of how God has, he filled him with the Holy Ghost in Terre Haute, Indiana. I know you got filled when you were younger, but, you know, the fire came and burned everything out. And from that day forward, you just, 
you took off, and because of that baptism of the Holy Ghost, because of the Holy Spirit in general, um, and uh, you know the things that come with it, I am broadcasting and sharing the gospel with you. Um, isn't that right? Yes. Um, because you, tell them a little bit about what happened, Terre Haute, and then how you received the refilling of the Spirit, and then what God put on your heart to do. Yeah. So to start off, um, really at, at five years old, God had uh, supernaturally called me to preach the gospel. Um, to kind of give you a little background, I went to a church with my grandfather in uh, Wheatfield, Indiana. It was a full gospel church and it was a Sunday night service. And um, the pastor was preaching, and uh, when I was five years old, uh, as the pastor was ministering, I, I started weeping uncontrollably, and I there was nothing sad going on in the service, but I started to feel something come on me, and I know what it was now. It was the anointing, and so I responded to the altar call as the pastor gave an invitation, and uh, I'm a five-year-old crying and I wasn't crying because I lost uh, one of my favorite G.I. Joes. I, I was crying because the anointing was all over me and I went to the altar and was praying. And uh, during that time at the altar, the Holy Spirit showed me in my tiny spirit at five years old that God would call me to preach and that I would preach in uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so at five years old, I knew that. But as time went on, uh, the teenage years approached my life, and uh, I decided to run with the wrong crowd. And so the devil tried to destroy my life with drugs and alcohol, um, just running with the wrong type of people. That'll destroy your life in an instant. So the enemy tried to use that against me, um, and it took me into a very deep, dark place into in my life with addictions and many different things. And I won't go off on that rabbit trail, but uh, there's a saying I like to say, my life was jacked up from the floor up. <laughs> so, but God did, did an amazing work in my life. And so after I graduated from high school, the thing to do is to go to a, a big university and uh, party and have a good time. And so I decided that you know, at the time, my GPA wasn't the greatest. I wasn't the, the most scholarly student as I am now. I read constantly in high school. I, you would never catch me picking up any kind of material or book. Matter of fact, I would just basically throw my books in my locker and never look at them again. <laughs> and so, um, but my GPA wasn't the greatest. And so I applied to, I guess, the biggest school I could. At, with my GPA thinking I'd get accepted. So I applied to Indiana State University and the acceptance rate was like 90%. So if you didn't get accepted, you were basically an idiot. And so I didn't really fall into the idiot category, I thought. So I got into Indiana State and uh, I was going to school there. And the thing about it is, is I have praying Mother, a mother and a, and a family and grandparents and people just they know how to pray in my family 
And uh, when you've been touched by God at an early age, it's very difficult to run. You can try. Some of you are probably have similar testimonies. You, you ran and it's somehow God reached down and changed your life. But that was me. And here I am at Indiana State University. I joined a fraternity. I was partying hard. And um, I was living that kind of lifestyle because that's what I thought I needed to do to fit in. There was this void in my heart. I had no hope. Uh, let's just party my life away and drowned out these ideas of ever preaching the gospel. But deep down when I would do these things and drink and party and smoke, you know, and I won't go into too much details, but doing those things deep down in my heart, I always knew I was called to preach and I ran, I ran hard. And so there came a point in my life where I needed to surrender to Jesus Christ. And the theme of this broadcast, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And so during that time when I was living the life I was living as a, as a teenager, uh, well, uh, beginning into my young adult years at Indiana State, I always felt the conviction of God. And it's a beautiful thing to feel that conviction because it's God giving you a chance to turn your life around for him. And so that conviction would always come. And I remember one night I was walking back from a fraternity party. It was a December night, like, like a night like this evening in Kansas City. It's cold. So it was a night like that in December. We were about to go on Christmas break. And I remember snow was flying on the campus that night. I came home from a party. And I remember distinctly the Spirit of God spoke to me. And he said, I want you to go on your computer and I want you to Google churches. And it shocked me because I knew it was God talking to me about going back to church and getting my life right. Why God did not tell me the name of the church to go to, I'll never know. But sometimes he wants you to do your part and do some research. And so I did that. I went on my computer and I Googled churches in the area and i didn't really feel like doing a whole lot of research but i knew the voice that spoke to me was uh very clear and it it really shook me up um it sounded like someone was speaking to me but i didn't hear or didn't see anybody that makes sense it's it was just a supernatural natural act of god i go on my in my dorm room i google churches i click on the first one i go through their beliefs and it happened to be um, an Assemblies of God church. Now, at the time, I knew very little about these people. I didn't know who they were. Um, I didn't know what they believed, really, to be honest. I knew that they were Pentecostal, but I didn't really know what that meant. And, and I didn't know what it meant, I, what I knew now. But um, I went to that church. And the moment I walked into that church, that next, it was a Saturday night that the Lord had spoken to me. The Sunday morning, I put on my church clothes and I went to the 11 o'clock service. They had two services. And um, I walked into that church. And for the first few moments, as I walked in, I got greeted, gave me a bulletin. I sat down on the second row of the church. 
And I started to feel the presence of God like I did when I was five years old. And I started to weep. People were looking at me like, what's wrong with this kid? You know, he's obviously he's a first time guest. We've never seen him before. And here he is. He's got Kleenex in his hand and he's wiping his tears. Is there something wrong? Did his dog die? Did his parrot <laughs> pass away? Did he lose his goldfish? Did it drown? Did he not feed it? What's going on? Um, but it was the Holy Spirit. He was dealing with my heart because he called me to preach. And I didn't want to. And so Pastor Keith Taylor, one of the great pastors in Indiana, he's a great man of God. And he was preaching. I don't remember what he even talked about, but he had an altar call that day and he told people to come forward if they wanted to give their life to Christ and turn their life around. And so I went to that altar and um, Pastor Keith, he laid hands on me and he began to speak over my life. He said, young man, I have never met you before, but you were called by God to preach. He laid hands on me. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I fell out under the power of God. I started shaking uncontrollably, weeping uncontrollably. And then this incredible language started to flow out of me as I yielded myself to the Holy Spirit. And I started praying in other tongues. And I felt the glory of God on me. I would say for about three, three solid hours after that, I could feel the tangible presence of God. And I went back to my dorm room after that and um, still praying in other tongues. How I got home that day after church, I don't know. I was definitely uh, intoxicated in the spirit for sure. Translated. Translated. <laughs> but I, I, uh, I, I remember I was parked in the parking lot of that uh, dorm room or the outside of the dorm room uh, where you parked your cars and such. And I remember thinking to myself, um, I think I'm going to obey God and start to follow him in my life. And I surrendered completely to Christ. I got rededicated, filled with the spirit. And um, after that, I, I heavily started to pursue the call of God that was on my life. And then um, during that time, Nick was going to uh, IPFW in uh, fort wayne indiana that was a it was a pretty decent it's a pretty decent school um Sorry. it's decent it's okay um, he was there and um i t i called nick i think it was immediately after this encounter that i had yeah, it was it was like january it was pretty immediate and i told him i said man you're not gonna believe what happened but I went to this church and uh, I answered the altar call and the pastor laid hands on me and told me I was called by God and I was running and I needed to come back and I fell down literally under the power and started praying in this other language, which was tongues. And, um, and it was just an incredible experience. It, it, I felt peace for the first time in my life. I felt joy. I just, I said something supernatural happened to me and I'm I'm going I'm going all in for God. And then I said, Nick, you need to give God like seven days, you know, 
to see if he'll turn your life around. I just, I kind of just threw that out there. Really. I think it was, uh, um, maybe the gift of faith at that time. I don't know, but it was like that seven day type of thing. I said, give God like seven days and see what happens. I think it was, it was prophetic for me. Yeah. It had to be like a prophetic thing. Cause I don't even talk like that, you know? Like no, and I've never told even when I share my testimony, I never say like this is yeah. a formula. Right. Cause it was just like it just kind of came to me and I'm like, you know what, man, just give God's give him a week, give him seven days. And then um you're like, okay, yeah, I'll do that or whatever. And then you gave God seven days, and then because I told you that. Hey, I went to this Assemblies of God church. So then you started looking up AG churches in the area. And then that next Sunday, you went to an AG church and they had a guest speaker. Pentecost Sunday. It was Pentecost Sunday. And I didn't know it. (laughs) He didn't even know it was Pentecost Sunday. And so uh, Evangelist Pat Schatzline was preaching at the First Assembly of God in Fort Wayne, Indiana. And he has this altar call. People want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then, of course, giving your life to Christ and all that. So there goes Nick down at the altar. And uh, Evangelist Pat says a prayer. Lift your hands to heaven. And then, boom, Nick gets filled with the Holy Ghost. He gets saved. And then he calls me on the phone. So you're not going to believe what happened. I got filled with the Holy Ghost, and now I'm going after God. It was a supernatural act of God for both of us, how God or- orchestrated our salvation and everything up to that point. But it was the Holy Ghost. It was the Holy Spirit that did all these things for us. And now we are where we are today because of it. Yeah, see, one of the things as I was preparing for tonight, and I, I wanted to start in Acts 1, and I'm going to start in verse four. But the thing is, is the baptism of the Holy Spirit and what we're talking about here, being led by the Spirit, is not only about you. It's about those who God has destined on your life for you to impact. That's why we need the Holy Spirit upon us. He's in us for us, but he's upon us for others. And the Bible says this. It says, in being assembled with them, this is Acts 1, verse 4 through 8, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit is the promise of the Father to the church. A great evangelist said, uh, the greatest gift to the world is salvation through Christ Jesus, but the greatest gift to the church was the Holy Spirit and is the Holy Spirit. And it goes on to say here, wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together to ask him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. I want you to type that in the comments. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses. You shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, 
in Kansas City, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, Hawaii, Alaska, wherever you're at, that is where you're going to be a witness. Amen. And so he, he shared a great, he kind of did a great summary of, of our encounters. But one of the things that you get, see, the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is speaking in tongues. And uh, we can go throughout the whole Bible. I mean, we can go from Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 19. We can go on and on on these different scriptures where there's encounters with people who spoke in other tongues. And what happens is, is you get what's called your prayer language. In Romans 8, it talks about how he'll make intercession through us with groanings, which cannot be even um, understood, but God understands them. And what my brother did leading up to me getting saved is uh, God put it upon his heart because he got saved in around January and I got saved in May. And in between that time, you would pray all the time. Is that right? Yeah. And if I remember correctly, you the one prayer point that God would give you and you didn't have like any specifics in English, you just would pray in the spirit. When I talk about praying in the spirit, you pray in tongues. And he was praying and praying and praying uh, for me to to get saved and for me to encounter the Holy Spirit. And uh, he'd call me all the time and bug me. But at the same time, the Lord was working on my heart and see he was being a witness, but he was he was also being an intercessor. And so I know there's people watching one. I know you personally and two there's others i don't know you personally but you got family members you got people you love who maybe you've lost total connection with them you want restoration with your family restoration with uh friends whoever um you know the holy spirit knows where they're at if he's put them on your heart especially during christmas time you know this is the time when families just flooded in your mind and your spirit it's all you know Memory lane is, you know, the next week you're going to go through memory lane. You know, many many of you, you've lost connection with family. Now is the time to pray. Well, you say, I don't know how to pray for them. Well, pray in the spirit. You might be surprised who walks through the doors on Christmas Day when you start praying in the Holy Ghost from now until Christmas. And next thing you know, that person who you've lost connection with either calls you or shows up. I'm telling you, because that's right. what happens. You see, you receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And so, uh, you you know, you receive a prayer language. You receive power to be a witness, to share your faith. You receive power uh, to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You know, that's what it says in Mark chapter uh, 16. You know, one of the things that uh, during the period of time when uh, Chris, Pastor Chris, He's my brother, so I can call him by his first name. But yeah, <laughs> Chris, we late for supper. <laughs> uh, from January to May, he uh, got an opportunity somewhere. I don't remember where, but he was praying for somebody in a video. I wish I still had the video, but we didn't have like we had like dumb phones at the time. I don't even think we had iPhones. I don't know. Anyways, he sent me the video, and this lady could not speak. And in the Bible, they they use the term mute. She literally could not speak at all. And, uh, you know, like all 
radical believers, which we still are. I think we're even more radical than we were then. But I mean, we were, we were like, man, anything's going to happen after we got the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I mean, you just feel like you can just take every devil out. I mean, you just, were you're ready. ready. To go to funerals and raise the dead. <laughs> you, that's just how you <laughs> felt. I remember, side story, I remember one of my friends, we were about to get initiated into the fraternity. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. And uh, one of my friends called me and he said, hey, my, my dad died. You know, will you pray for me? And I said, yeah, we'll pray for you. But uh, can we, <laughs> I remember saying, can we, can we get to the body? That's what, I, that's what I asked him. Probably shouldn't have asked him that oh in that God. moment, but I did. I said, can we get to the body? He's like, well, I haven't, I haven't seen, haven't seen him yet. And I'm like, cause I said, I'll get in the car right now and we'll come up there and raise him from the dead brother. <laughs> That's what I told him on the phone. I mean, we're radical. Oh my I mean, God. I'm still just as radical. I believe God wants to raise the dead. How many, Amen. how many of you watching believe that God wants to raise the dead? I believe he does. Um, <laughs> what, what was I sharing before that though? Um, it's flooded me back. Of all these things we were at oh the, the power the woman with the mute woman anyways mute, you send me that video thing. and i'm not serving god yet uh, at least not 100 percent, you know and he prayed for it and the bible says you receive power power for what to be like jesus power to heal the sick cleanse the leper raise the dead freely you've received freely give that's the power you receive when you uh you receive the holy spirit he laid hands on her. I remember you, you, you didn't, you just said in Jesus name, I command you to speak. And I mean, she just started screaming on the video. I mean, she started yelling and I'm not like, I'm afraid yelling. Like I can speak yelling. You remember that? I do. Yeah. That was powerful. And, uh, that got my attention because I'm like, okay, it's one thing to hear about it from, you know, people from times past and I've been in revivals and stuff. And I believe all that now, but you know, it's another thing to see your younger brother, who just got saved and called you about a couple weeks ago, lay hands on some lady, and now she's screaming. Uh, <laughs> and not because she's upset, but because she's full of joy, and now she's talking. And that caught my attention. See, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there comes power that comes with it. Right. And that's what this generation needs. This generation doesn't need another lecture. It doesn't need another presentation. It needs another demonstration of the power of God, of people who have been baptized in the Holy Ghost, believe that they've received power, and then go out and demonstrate it. Amen. Right. Because Amen. tonight is just not about us sharing our stories, though we're going to share more and we're going to keep teaching. It's not about us. It's about you grabbing a hold of the power of God for your life so that you can go lay hands on the sick and see them recover, so you can cast out devils, so you can uh, see the miraculous take place in your life, so you can see mountains moved, so you can be led by the Holy Spirit, so you can be in the right place at the right time around the right people, so you can receive your miracle. Come on. We started tonight all about you are going to receive your miracle tonight. How? By the help and the power of the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Amen. And so I don't know what else is on your spirit, but just whatever you want to share. But, you know, I'm just like flooded back to those early days because what happens is it's like when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit in that initial moment, it's like you you just get set ablaze. I mean, it's just you got to it's radical. But the thing is, is you got to maintain that. Right. 
You know, a lot of people just like get set ablaze. They have an experience, but they don't continue to throw the logs on the fire, so to speak. And so that's why you got to stir yourself up. Like Timothy said, stir yourself up, uh, you know, in your most holy faith, the same uh, fire that your mother Eunice and your grandmother Lois received, you know, the same fire is in you. I see it in you, Timothy. You got to stir up the gift. That's right. And so how do you stir up the gift? Tell the people. <laughs> yeah, that's why the, the Bible does say in 2 Timothy 1.6, that is why I remind you to stir up, rekindle the embers of, fan the flame of, and keep burning the gracious gift of God, the inner fire that is in you by the means of the laying on of my hands. And so there's a lot of Christians out there that have had a touch from God, and we thank God for that. But you got to keep the fire burning because the enemy will try and come and, you know, kind of get you to kind of cool off and back off a little bit here and there. It doesn't come, he doesn't come all the way in and try to put a humongous wet blanket on you. What he'll do is just a little bit here, a little bit there. And before you know it, you've kind of drifted into just kind of maintaining that fire that you once had instead of keeping it ablaze. It's like, you ever had a campfire and you put those logs on it and you start that fire up and you got your kindling and you get it going real good you know it's like wow it feels great you know on a cold night you're got your hands out there and you're like oh yeah it feels great wonderful but then the logs start to kind of burn a little bit and you notice i need to keep throwing wood on this thing or it's going to go out and so you're going to have to keep throwing wood on your own fire and no one else is going to put the wood on for you you're going to have to put it on yourself and sometimes not only you're going to have to put the wood on in prayer and praying in the spirit but you're going to have to get into a local church or some revival meetings which are important but a local church that uh, allows you to keep that fire going because that's going to be the key to you burning hot in 2024. You're going to have to get into a good on-fire church that will help stoke that um, alongside of you stoking your own fire. Because, you know, a church is great, but your pastor can only do so much. But it's very important that you do that. But you can't let it die. You have to let it continue to burn. And you have to let the Holy Spirit saturate your life and let him begin to do a work in you. Um, you know, having the Holy Spirit in your life, there's two ways. Number one, he's a well. Jesus talked about it. He's a well in John chapter four. And then he's a river. He's, he's a river that flows out of us in John chapter seven. And so many people... I've really only tapped into the well aspect of the Holy Spirit, which we all need the well. It, the Bible says with joy, we will draw forth uh, the wells of salvation. So the well is for us personally uh, out of our the, the, the well that springs forth into everlasting life. Jesus said, you'll never thirst or hunger again. You're satisfied. But then that river in John chapter seven, Jesus said, out of your belly, your innermost person, your innermost being will flow rivers 
of living water out of that individual and a river what it does is it not only provides for the person it provides for many others to receive this incredible experience from god and so god wants us to become a river he doesn't want us to become a swamp we have to become a river and so rivers flow that's why the church that i started is called the river church of kansas city under dr rodney and adonica howard brown it's a river we believe in the river of god flowing and touching people's lives and that's what jesus talked about out of your belly will flow rivers of living water and so you got to keep that fire stirring though you have to keep you have to be intentional about it burning you have to be intentional about stoking it because no one else is going to do the stoking you have to stoke it you have to continue to let it burn and that's why you're all are watching tonight you're hungry you're thirsty you want more and uh, we commend you for that keep pressing in let god continue to burn inside of you so that you that river will begin to flow out of you and touch many many people for his kingdom before it's too late amen and i mean the holy spirit tonight's all about the holy spirit um He's some water is symbolic of the Holy Spirit, and fire is also symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Now, John chapter 7 is what my brother's talking about. The river out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water, right? And uh that, that's Jesus spoke of that when the Spirit of God would would uh it was not yet poured out upon the church, but now he is. And so when you have a river, a river is always moving, a river is always progressing you know the holy spirit is not trying to take and isn't taking anyone backwards that's called the flesh that's called the devil that's called ignorance it's one of those three you're either ignorant you're letting your flesh dominate you or you just you're letting the devil rule your life the spirit of god's always trying to go forward and it's up to us to hear his voice it's up to us to seek and make room for the holy spirit in our life you know, um, there's many denominations who uh, just what we're talking about tonight, they would just call us heresy. You know, we're not talking truth, but we're giving you the Bible tonight. We're not giving you our opinion. And, um, you know, they don't choose to uh, even acknowledge the Holy Spirit other than the fact that maybe they know that they're saved because of the Spirit is the guarantee, but they don't go any further than the gifts of the Spirit and God moving and people getting touched and whatever. That's fine. That's fine with them. But you know what? I'm Pentecostal. I'm unashamed of it. I'm a tongue-talking, devil-casting out, laying hands on the sick. Uh, I'm not afraid. I'm not ashamed of being Pentecostal and being uh, allowing the Holy Spirit to move. Why? Because I want all, and I know that's what you want too. You want all that God has for you. And uh, do you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? No, but I believe you're at a great disadvantage here on the earth, a great, a huge disadvantage if you don't uh, press in for this. And you cannot be hungry for something that you do not desire. You can't be hungry for something that you do not desire. And you, you know, that's why we need to reteach this to this generation. You know, this, this thing this is not a game. We need the power of God in our lives to deal with what's happening in the world. We, 
we you can't go into a school board meeting anymore and deal with things in the natural mind. You got to deal with things by the spirit of God. You're dealing with devils in that place. Come on, who am I talking to? You can't deal with these clubs, these these things taking place in America with natural re- reasoning. You got to have the spirit of God. You better have the anointing. And you better yes. have the Holy Ghost. So you have to be hungry for the Holy Spirit first. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you need to begin now to desire. You know, during those seven days, that was the one thing that I knew I needed and I wanted the most when I was believing for Jesus to touch me. Because I knew I wanted I wanted power. We all want power. We all want um we want that power. And the thing is, is God wants to give it to us, not for us to be like, look at us. But now I understand it from a place of humility. But in, inside of all of us is a desire for power. And God is the one who will grant that power to you. My goodness, I'm getting fired up. He'll grant that power to you <laughs> um, and use it for his glory. And that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is. So you can walk in the supernatural. You know, that's why there's so such a crazy desire for um, paranormal, you know, paranormal activity and all these demonic things and even new age twisted Christianity and all this crazy false doctrine. Why is there such a hunger for supernatural? Because it's really just a hunger for the Holy Spirit. They just don't know it. Right. And, uh, and so we need to reintroduce that. But I want to give you this scripture here in uh, Luke chapter 3, verse 16. This is one you should memorize. We all know John 3.16, but Luke 3.16 as a Pentecostal, that should be your John 3.16. It says this. It says, John answers saying to all, I indeed baptize you with the with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I want you to type and fire in the comments. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Amen. You know, um, Last time I was in Kansas City, I was filling in for <laughs> filling in for you guys. I was there with Evangelist Oscar, and um, we did a tour on one of the days where we had the afternoon off, but we preached at night. We did a tour of the coffee. There's a ro- it's called the roastery there. They have a coffee factory. Oh yes, and uh, they did a demonstration of uh, the roasting process, and they had this. Um, and now we're getting into the talking about the works of the Holy Spirit in, in the fire of God. Um, but they had this um, thing what, that caught the chaff from the beans. So the beans would heat up and they, you know, it would heat the beans up and begin to roast them. And then they would begin to what they call crack. The beans begin to crack. And that's like the roasting process. And as they would crack, the the chaff from the beans would begin to fall off and then it would catch it in this catcher and then they would they would pull it out and then they would separate the chaff from the actual beans now that chaff came from the beans amen right and so when the fire of the holy spirit comes when you get when the fire of god comes many people i love the shake and bake i'm for it 
I love it. I'm shaking bake, baby. You better believe it. Before Talladega Nights was on the scene, I was there saying, I'm shaking bake. Come on. I want the joy unspeakable. I want someone to laugh so hard they can't even laugh anymore. I want that. I want the Holy Ghost move of God. I want people running around the building. I mean, I want them running their, their shoes off. The soles of their shoes are coming off at the at my Holy Ghost meetings. Come on. Amen. But at the same time, when that fire falls, there's going to be some chaff that's coming off of your life. And that's Jesus called Christ. the Lord doing his purification work. Right. <laughs> now, sanctification and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two separate doctrines. They're not the same. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not sanctification. But what happens is they kind of complement each other because when the fire of the Holy Spirit begins to burn in your life, at first it is... It is um, Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're loving it. But then God's going to say, okay, now deal with this. Change this. Everybody watching right now, you want God's best in your life. But when you start talking about the work of the Holy Spirit, he's going to say, hey, this attitude needs to change. Hey, this way you're treating this person has to change. Hey, you're dishonoring your pastor. You need to honor your pastor. Hey, you're not tithing. You need to tithe. Like he begins to work on your heart. He's, it's, it's called change. That's what... The real revival really equals change. Revival fire equals change. If you're not willing to change, then you're not willing to work with the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to perfect us into the image of who? Jesus. The pastor. <laughs> not the image of the pastor. My God, help us. Forgive, as one of great evangelists would say. Forgive. No, we're not trying to look like a pastor. We're trying to look like Jesus. Right. <laughs> but at the same time, like, see that this this is where John or yeah, John the Baptist is introducing Jesus as the baptizer of the Holy Spirit. But then he goes straight into his winnowing fan. He'll separate the wheat from the chaff and the these things. Why? Because when the fire comes, when Jesus comes in that fire, you're baptizing that fire. Then things are going to begin to change. But we have to be cooperative with the Holy Spirit. And many people watching right now feel it by the by the Holy Ghost. It's time to adapt. It's time to say, yes, Lord, I'll change. You know, you've been filled with the Holy Ghost. You had the fire. I mean, you made a went, you might have had a good stint of three months, four months, six months. My God, I'm loving revival. And then all of a sudden you're wondering why you got this attitude popping up, this relationship issue, this thing happening. It's because you need to let the, the Lord wipe that chaff out of your life so that you can continue to grow with him. Amen. You got to separate the two. Hallelujah. That's right. And so, you know, these are tough things to talk about. And but these are all things that come with the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. You yes. know, you know, some takeaways even from tonight. You know, number one, if you're taking notes, number one, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the number one purpose for it is for witnessing. Yes. I mean, right away, me and Chris, I remember I you got baptized. And you were going soul winning before I even got saved. Because some guy in the church, and if he's watching, we love him. Um, Curtis. Curtis. Brother Curtis. He uh, he grabbed you and said, you're going soul winning. And then I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thank and God felt from the Lord to move to Indiana State. Because I graduated with my, um, my associates and I was able to move. 
And then immediately when I showed up, I'll never forget it. He came up to me and, and you and said, both of you are coming out with with me. And I said in my I said out loud, sure. But inside I said, no. But right. you know what? What's the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit? It's not to just shundai, hundai, could have tied my bow tie and say, praise the Lord, shake and bake. No, it's not that. The purpose is to pour out on a lost and dying world. That's right. <laughs> And so we went soul winning right away. Some of y'all, it's time to go soul winning, get plugged in, go. Um, that's the number one, number one purpose. And then the number two purpose, I mean, these are in no particular order besides number one, but number two, I would say, is the purification of the believer through the fire. Yes. Because right here, John is saying he'll separate the wheat from the chaff. The chaff is coming off of, off of what is burning. Amen. Like the beans. Yes. coffee beans that was from the bean but you have to separate that so he'll come and he'll do a purification purifying work in, on the believer That's amen right. and so that would be like the second main thing that the lord does why because he cares about you he does the holy spirit cares about us he cares about you yes he cares about the lord wants the harvest the Lord is always, he's the Lord of the harvest. I'm an evangelist. So you better, you tell me, every day I wake up thinking about how can I win, win more souls? Is there another way I can add? Is there another, is there a way I can make the way I'm doing it better? You know, I'm, I'm redesigning the soul winning script even now to try to make it better, you know, to make it more easier, whatever. Like, that's how I think. But at the same time, the Lord is saying, okay, yes, I, I'm thinking about the harvest, but I'm also thinking about you, me. He's thinking about you as a pastor. He's thinking about Candace and Brianna and Anita and Ruth and Siobhan and Benjamin. He's thinking about all of you, and he wants to purify you. He wants to get you ready for what's to come. Yes. Amen. And uh, what, we, what we miss is if we don't let that fire come and burn in us and burn things out of us, then we'll never really uh, get to that level in which we want to get to. Mm. Talk a little bit about that because you've been through – the fire. I mean, we both have, but share a little bit about that because I know there's people watching right now. They're going through some things and they don't really, they might be blaming the devil right now, but really it's not the devil. It's God. Yes. Yes. Um, one of the things about the fire of the Holy spirit, which I think we need to teach, teach, teach more along these lines because I think people confuse sometimes the work of the Holy Spirit and they blame things on the enemy when God is actually trying to strip attitudes and adjustments and character traits and habits and hangups in people's lives. A lot of times it's the Holy Ghost really working some of these areas out in our life through the fire. And um, but one of the things that we have to understand tonight is the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And I don't know if some of you all have never had a, a very nice gentleman greet you at a restaurant. Hey, how are you today? He's very sweet, soft spoken. What can I get you to drink? He's not forceful. He's not mean. He's just really nice and kind and not there to push you to order that 
filet mignon, you get to order whatever you want, and he's patient with you, and he's ready to take your order when you're ready. He's a gentleman just like that. He's uh, he's a very nice, the Bible, Jesus referred to him as a, as a he, so he's a person, and so he's trying to come alongside of you and help you. That's what Jesus sent him to do is help you, and I don't know about you, but I need help in my life. We need help in our life. So God sends a helper. We have one and his name is the Holy Spirit. And so what starts to happen, especially if you are a part of a church that believes like this, these things will begin to happen to you. And it's a beautiful thing. The Holy Spirit will begin to work in your heart and in your life. And he'll start to rearrange you as you let him. And that's the key. You have to let him. And so there's a lot of people that, um, you know, when you when you pray prayers like Holy Spirit, do a work in me. Holy Spirit, change me. Holy Spirit, uh, not my will, yours be done. Holy Spirit, get rid of everything holding me back. When you pray prayers like that, please don't be shocked when it starts happening because what will start to happen is things will start to begin to change in your life. You'll start to sense attitudes you've never had before start to rise up and you'll wonder, man, is this what's going on in my life? Well, it's the Holy Spirit trying to get that chaff. Like we talked about the coffee beans. He's getting that chaff and it's being burnt to the crisp so that he can wipe it away. So you can get set free from that, those attitude problems. It could be lust. You, you have an issue with lust and maybe you, you watch things you shouldn't. And that, those things hold you back. When you say, Holy Spirit, help me and change me. These desires might start to rise up in your heart at a very intense level. And you'll think, man, is this the enemy? Uh, no. The Holy Spirit's trying to get that out of you. And as those temptations rise, you got to call on God, call on the Holy Spirit, and he will give you the strength to overcome these areas. So these things really need taught because I think this, the, the message on sanctification, our generation, they don't have a clue in the world about it. They wouldn't be able to talk to you about it. They would have no idea what this actually looks like, but it is a real doctrine in the church. It is a very real thing as you allow the spirit of God to do a work in your heart and you mean business with God, he will start doing a work in your life. This, these are just the facts. And what many times what starts to happen is that people think it's the enemy trying to attack them. And, you know, your mind gets in a, in a place where, oh my gosh, is this, you know, what is happening to me? And, Nothing bad is happening. A beautiful transformation is taking place and you have to stay. You have to stay rooted. You, you cannot be swayed and you cannot quit. You have to keep going. And that's what happens many times as we quit. We just we throw in the towel. And um, I'm a pastor, so I can talk along these lines, especially when you are in a local church. 
that is when God really starts to do a work in your life when you plant yourself in a church. And so when you plant yourself in a church, God's going to start working out areas in your life and it gets uncomfortable and you know you you work with different personalities and they might people might rub you the wrong way that's god doing a work in your life and so what happens is people run from that process well this person said this to me and they hurt me and they did this and they did that listen the work of god in the sanctification and the purification of the fire of god that's all part of it it's working alongside God and God will send people in your life. This is what I've noticed for me. And I believe it's true. What God will do is he'll send people in your life that irritate you, that rub you the wrong way on purpose to get them out of you. Just like God had to get King Saul. He had to get King Saul out of David. Yeah. That attitude, that arrogance, that boastfulness, that all of that. God had to put David right next to that man and irritate the snot out of him so that he would never be a king like King Saul. And that's a sermon. I could preach a 17-part series on that message because it's true. It's just as important to have. Many people think, well, I, I need to get close to that person who I want to be like or who has great qualities which you do need to learn from them but at the same time it's good to get around those people like Chris just said who God will pinpoint and say you know what I got you around them to get them out of you that's right it is true and uh, I want to give a couple more scriptures kind of back up what we're talking about here uh, Isaiah 48 verse 10 says this Behold, I have refined you, but not with silver. I have tested you in the furnace of affliction. Man, that's that's heavy. Not affliction as in like sickness and disease. That's not the, what that means, but it's what we're talking about. The affliction of attitudes and people coming around you and exposing things. Look at Proverbs 17, verse 3. It says, the refining pot is for silver in the furnace for gold, but the Lord tests the hearts. The Lord tests the hearts. I mean, ultimately, what that what that chaff, it's burning out. It's inner attitudes. It's the matters of the heart. You know, this is a class I had to take. We both had to take because we were in the same class in school. We had to take it twice. I mean, the matters of the heart, that's what takes people out. That's what, why do people quit? ministry why do people quit their job most of the time why do people quit their businesses that they started it's most of the time it's matters of the heart most of the time it's hidden things it's and the holy spirit is trying to help us that's his job he's the helper right we mentioned that he's he's the advocate the standby he's there he's there to help and so the lord is testing our hearts and it's never fun <laughs> but it's right. worth it it's worth it to go through the the fire Better to go it's, through the fire now than to go through the fire on the other side. Yes. Because either there's you're going to go through the fire no matter what. Listen to me. You're going through the fire no matter what. You're either going to go through the fire now through what we're talking about, making changes, or are you going to go through the fire, which is called the wood, hay, and stubble because you refuse to change. Now you have nothing to show for your life. 
So yes. all we burn up in fire. And the Bible says he'll wipe away the tears of people's eyes in heaven. Why? Because they wasted their life and they didn't choose to change. Or, and God forbid, you go through hellfire and that's forever. My God. <laughs> and that's what ultimately sometimes these these heart things will send you to hell and we don't want that to happen amen, amen. psalm 66 10 through 12 says this for you god have tested us you refined us like silver so god's in the refining business part of the baptism of the holy spirit the fire of god baptism of fire is the refining process the purpose and power of the holy spirit baptism tonight is what we're talking about and uh you know, we talked a lot about witnessing our stories. You know, praying in other tongues is the evidence. And uh, the purpose is for the fire to come. And, and, to, and, and, and if you let this work in you, it will prepare. Uh, you. It will prepare you for the next things to come, and you will go higher and higher and higher and higher. Yes. Because God's not doing anything to you to set you back. Right. He's doing everything to, he's not doing things to you. He's exposing things going on in you to sling, to, to set you up, to sling you forward. Yes. Into what he has. Amen. That's right. And I see you going forward in Jesus name. You know, I preached, um, Ben's on, but I preached it in Virginia and I think I preached it in Ohio in a couple other places, but a lot of times these things come and they 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 creep up or whatever, and it seems like you're getting set back. But really, it's God's pulling you back for you to deal with some things so he can sling you forward because he can't take you to the level. He can't rise you up to the level you're not willing to deal with down below. Yes. So you got to humble yourself. you got to let God deal with you. Why? Because he's not going to take you to a place where you will ultimately uh, go downward unless it's your own choice and you just keep refusing. But he, he, he's a good God. He's a great protector. But he wants to take you to where you want to go. He wants to promote you. He wants you to increase. He wants you to go to the next level. But how willing are you to submit? Amen? That's right. And I know you are willing. You wouldn't be hanging with us for an hour already. You've been hanging with us the whole time. You're willing. Obviously, that's a hunger saying, you know what? I listened to a great message, a great message the other day. And when you're at that level of fed up, how many people are fed up of being at where you've always been? I know I am. I'm fed up. You say, well, Nick, you just had the best year you ever had, over a 1,000 souls, all these different things happening. Great. I, I'm thankful. I'm not, it doesn't mean, to be fed up doesn't mean you're not thankful for where you've been, but I'm fed up of staying at the same level. I'm, I got to change, and I got to be willing to go to the next level, and whatever that takes, I'm doing it. Period. Yes. And that's going to take, you know who's going to help me do that? the Holy Spirit, because I can't do it on your, my own. And you can't do it on your own. No one watching right now, you can't do it on your own. However, if you let the Holy Spirit say, put, I mean, you have to mean it and you got to get ready. But when you say, put the fire on me, oh my, <laughs> you better get ready. But you, you, if you mean it, God will bring the fire. And then you say, you know what? I'll, ch I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll change whatever you want me to change. I'll be whoever you want me to be. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Not my will, but thine be done. You're setting yourself up to run to win in 2024. You're setting yourself up to increase in everything that you're going to do. You're setting yourself up for God to give you his best. And I'm not settling for anything less than God's best. I know you're not either. Come on, Lord, put the fire on us tonight. 
Fill us up to pour us out. Fill us up to pour us out. Put the fire of God on us again afresh so we can run to win. Because I yes. ain't losing. I'm, I'm done. The last loss you've ever had is the last loss you'll ever have in Jesus' name. Because we are going to let the fire of God come and burn it out, whatever's holding us back, so we can run our race. Can you say amen? Yes. That's why it's in my spirit. I mean, this has been in my spirit since October to run to win. And it's be, and this is this is a my, this is so vital. I know it's God tonight. It's so vital that we let this fire burn from from the Holy Spirit so we we can win. There's a verse in Hebrews chapter 12 that uh the Lord reminded me of this morning actually. One of the years I always pray for a personal word for now it's for the ministry, but I used to always just pray for a personal word for my year. I didn't, you know, I got behind my pastor's word wherever I went to church, but I had my own word. And this was the one word I had for my my year before I was in ministry. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance. Come on, we're going to run to win, right? Yes. I know Pastor Chris is going to run to win. Since he's on the Z Team, Zayner Ministries broadcast tonight, we're not running to lose. And That's these right. are keys here. Let us run that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And it goes on for who the joy set before him endured the cross. In other words, there's two things. you got to lay aside every weight and every sin. And who helps us do that? The Holy Spirit. See, you know, the sin is easy to pinpoint. We all know when we've missed the mark. But the weights are sometimes harder to, harder to recognize. And we need to let the fire of God come and burn the weights off, set the weights aside, amen, and burn up all that hidden sin. Maybe you got hidden sin in your life. We ain't here to judge. We ain't here to point fingers and call you a dirty sinner. But we are here saying, hey, this is your warning right now. Before 2024 even, we cross over. You need to let the fire of God come and burn and burn that hidden sin out. Come on, it's time for holiness. It's time for the holiness of God to come back to a generation where the fire of God comes and burns on the inside and burns out every hidden sin in our life. Come yes, on. Lord. I mean, it's time for that old school way of preaching to come back where it says, you know what? Get the sin out of your life. Get the yes. alcohol out of your life. Get the drugs out of your life. Get the hidden uh, lust out of your life. Get the hidden life exposed. There's people living two lives, one life in the church, one life at home. My God, God, for, forgive, <laughs> like the one yes. evangelist says, forgive. Type that in the comments. I love that. Forgive. <laughs> forgive, Lord. My God. But it's time. It's time to let the fire come and burn it out. Why? Because I'm, I don't want to see some of y'all. I want to hear your testimony of victory this year. I want to hear your testimony of you didn't climb the mountain and fall off of it at the end of the year, that you actually moved the mountain with your faith, that you actually got sent into your life, so you ran your race. And when we cross over into 2025, you're gonna, I'm going to have a line of videos coming in of testimonies of, hey, I dealt with this before the new year, and now I saw this happen, this happened, this happened, this happened. I'm healed in my body. I'm blessed in my finances. My family saved. My 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 dead 
member in the family was raised from the dead. I mean, I don't know what it was, but something took place. Yes. Come on. Come on. That's you. That's you. They're grabbing a hold of it tonight. Hallelujah. Yes. I mean, we're going to run. We're going to lay aside every weight. This was the word the Lord gave me one of the years. I can't remember exactly the year, but when we lay, I'm telling you, as soon as, as soon as, and there's, there's weights that come on people. There's there, some of y'all, you're in the wrong job. Some of you all are doing the wrong thing in your life. Some of y'all have just been disobedient to God and it's time to be obedient. It's time to say, yes, Lord, I'll serve on the serve team. Yes, Lord, I'll be the usher and catch the people. And I don't have to let my pastor do it all the time and break his back when he's trying to preach, catch, <laughs> sing, and dance at the same time. I mean, come on. It's time to step up. It's time to it's time to be obedient. And I see you yes. doing that. This ain't a rebuke. This is an encouragement to say, come on, let's do this because so we can win, so we can run to win. Come on, because yes. you're not going backwards. You're going forwards. Yes. In Jesus' name. Anything else you wanted to add? I mean, that's what the fire is all about, is laying aside all of the weights and the things that are holding us back from walking in victory. That's what the whole thing is about, is walking in victory. This message is not um, a message of defeat. It's not a message of you know, brother, we're going to go through the hell fire and uh, we're not we're, we're just going to hang on, brother. That's not it. This is a message that when you let God burn inside of you, those things that are holding you back, you're going to be able to run with fire and nothing holding you back in your marriage and your family and your business and every endeavor. You're going to run and all those things that hold you back. It could be anger, lust, you know, it could be unforgiveness, bitterness, jealousy. The hidden things of the heart have got to go if you're going to walk in victory in 2024. So lay it aside. Let the Lord burn. Let him do that work inside of you and, and watch what happens. This beautiful diamond is forming and it's going to shine bright in 24. So why don't you pray for him? I feel the anointing. So go ahead and pray. Father, we just thank you tonight for every person that is tuned in to this broadcast online. And Lord, we just thank you that, Lord, there is individuals watching us tonight that have been pressing in, that they are desperate for your, your hand and your touch. They are desperate for your anointing and your fire to burn. And so, Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, God, we thank you. We thank you for the power of God to burn inside of every person, Lord. Lord, we come against the spirit of lust that has tried to grip many people. Lord, I pray that the fire of God begin to burn and burn out these desires, these unholy desires that grip the, the hearts of people, Lord. These desires, these anger issues that have been risen from past relationships and things that have happened in the past lord we thank you for your fire is burning in this burning this anger out of these individuals so they can run with the power of god they can run with strength in 2024 lord we thank you if there's unforgiveness if there's things that are holding people back lord we thank you that your power is destroying the yoke of bondage and that you are bringing them into a place of victory 
and they are going to come out with a great shout of praise, Lord, that every demon that has been assigned to their life, Lord, because of your presence and your power, it is destroyed right now in the name of Jesus. And so, Lord, we just thank you tonight for your grace and your presence to come upon us, Lord, in a great measure. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> amen. There's some people watching right now. And I hear the Lord say, if you'll lay it down and stop get, making excuses for, well, I get out of this sin, this hidden sin, and then you creep back in, and then you get out and you creep back in. The Lord said, who the Son sets free is free indeed. It's time to make that decision tonight. And I want to lead you in a prayer right now, and it's called the prayer of rededication and consecration. And this is where you lay it down. It's it, it's no longer am I going to slip back into, into the, the muck of sin, but I'm leaving it right here at the cross. And you can do it right there in your home while you're watching this. The anointing is going to come and hit you, and I even feel it flowing right now. And the Lord is just saying, come on. So right where you're at, I want you to just to say this after me with your heart and lips out loud. I want you to say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. And Lord, forgive me for all of my sins. I remove every excuse right now. Lord, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire and burn in me and burn out everything that is not of you. Now say this and mean this. Say, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be. Not my will, but thine be done. I believe Jesus Christ is my Lord and my Savior. I'm saved, I'm born again, and I'm going to heaven. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 If you just said that prayer and you meant it. Uh, I want you to send us something uh, to the prayer. If you need prayer, can you put that link up? I know you just prayed with us. But I want you to send something into us because I want to send you a free gift from us. It's a free book that I wrote to help believers, and I want to send it to you for free. All you have to do is click the link there in the comments, and I'll send you the book to help you. And if you don't have a local church, I'll do my best to help you do research and find one. And if you're in Kansas City, the best place to go is Lenexa, Kansas, at the River Church of Kansas City. And all my Kansas family said, amen. Now is the time to put your prayer requests in because when we start the fast, we're going to take time every day to pray. And yes. I, I know Chris is going to do a fast too, and he's going to be printing <laughs> He's going to be printing them out, right? Or no, the hank, you're doing the handkerchiefs. Sorry. He's not going to print them out, but maybe maybe that's prophetic. Yeah. Um, I felt led, you know, um, there's people – in our congregation, I, I almost guarantee that have or know somebody that has a, a really horrible illness. It could be nerve damage. It could be cancer. It could be 
uh, it could be issues from the vaccine. It could be, you name it. And I just felt like I needed to give a call if anybody needed me to pray. Like the Bible talks about, they, they laid, Apostle Paul laid hands on aprons and handkerchiefs and released the power of God into them. And the Bible says that evil spirits departed and many were healed. And so I'm going to be praying for those um, and giving those out to people that need them. And I'm just going to believe God for miracles for those people that go and put their hands on people and pray for them with those claws. And so um, we'll see what the Lord does, you know. Amen. God's going to do it. Hey, Sparkle, reach out to my wife. She has a, a really great friend of ours, has a personal training course that she's doing. And, uh, it's, you'll, you'll lose that. You'll help. You'll lose that weight in Jesus name. Yes, Reach Lord. out to her. She's a great trainer and she's personal and she'll help you. Hallelujah. Well, I want to give people an opportunity while the anointing's flowing <clears throat> to sow into the kingdom of God. And, uh, I want to continue along the path of trusting in the Lord. Matthew six, which is really the first verses that the Lord ever really spoke to me about to go into ministry and everything says this do not worry about your life what you will eat what you will drink nor your body what you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing look at the birds of the air they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns yet your heavenly father feeds them are not you of more value than they which of you, by worrying, could add one cubit to his stature? In other words, don't worry about anything. If you're worrying, it ain't going to change nothing. Amen. Right. I, I shared this before. I'll share it again. I have a. We both have a grandfather. He's 94 years old. And uh, I asked him when I was around 27 years old, I said, what would you tell me now that you're in your 90s? What would you tell me uh, being in my 20s? And he said, I would go back and tell myself to worry about nothing at all. Because he said, everything that I worried about didn't happen. I'm still alive here today. And uh, the good Lord has taken care of me. And so you should, you should take that home with you tonight, too. Not to worry about anything. Now, that, not to worry doesn't mean don't have responsibility. There's two diff there, those are two different meanings. <laughs> right. You still have a responsibility to take care of your kids and feed your family and go to work. But you don't have to worry about, you know what, if you're doing everything you know how to do, um, then then give it over to the Lord. He's going to take care of you. Amen. I'm not trying to be Dr. Seuss. It just kind of rhymed. Amen. Oh. And then he says, he says, don't you worry about clothing. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow thrown to the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Verse 31, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? I would even include, what shall I get for Christmas? What should I? Where am I going to get the money for my Christmas presents? You can include that, too, because that's what all, the Bible says. For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. That's what everybody's doing right now. They're worried about where am I going to get the, you know, all these different things. But this is the key, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. I want you to type that in your notes and in the comments. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. 
for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day and its own trouble. In other words, take each day one at a time and put your total trust in God every single day. And how do you do that? Well, number one, you let the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you, like we talked tonight. You do what the Bible says says to do. You obey His commandments, and you position yourself for God to come through. How do you do that? Well, we're talking about finances right now, sowing into the kingdom of God. What you do is you sow seed, and you give to further His kingdom. By giving your finances, you're showing God that you trust Him with your money. And you, you're showing the Lord that I'm not putting my faith in money, but I'm putting my faith in God. Amen. And yes. so I want to encourage you tonight to sow a seed that says, Lord, I trust you. I know Christmas is coming. I know Christmas is right around the corner. But you know what? It's time to sow into the kingdom of God and watch how God will add it unto you. He'll add it unto you. You know, I was sitting here thinking, you know, uh, this month, just how God has been so good. You know, just personally, we've seen uh, supernaturally like $1,400, $1,500 come into our hands this, this month where everyone else is, they're going out and working their butts off to have, uh, you know, more money come in for Christmas. We just put souls first. We put the kingdom first. We sow seed. And God's just adding that money that everyone else is running after to go get for Christmas. He's giving, he's adding it unto us. And that's yeah. not to boast in me. That's to boast in God. And it's it's because we're practicing what we preach. And I don't want to be the only one with testimonies like this. And that's why we give you an opportunity to give. The offering is not uh, for us. It's for the people to enter into covenant with God with their finances and to say, Lord, we've trusted man long enough. We're going to trust you. We trusted Chase Bank. We trusted Bank of America, Truist PNC, but you know what? Now I'm going to trust God, and you. I want to encourage you: sow a seed tonight, and uh, and sh- and show the Lord, and prove to the Lord. The Lord said, "Prove me." So you can do this in many different ways. You can see them here on the screen: PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Cash App. They're all dollar sign give ZMI or info at zanerministries.com if you're giving Zelle. Venmo and PayPal is at give ZMI, and then you can also. Uh, write in a check if you want to mail it in. Make it out to Zaner Ministries at P.O. Box 125, Copley, P.A. 18037. And uh, I want to encourage you, if you're not yet, become an official Z-Team partner. And how do you do so? You go to zanerministries.com forward slash give, or you can scan that QR code on the screen and click the partner tab. And we're believing God for 1,000 partners. Why? Well, Solomon, he gave 1,000 burnt offerings to the Lord, and that's when God visited him. And uh, he, he said, what do you want? He asked for wisdom. And what, what we're asking for is not for 1,000 partners to say, look at us, we got all this money. We're saying, Lord, 1,000 partners to be on our team to win as many people as possible before Jesus returns. So we can whip the devil's rear end before Jesus comes back and bring as many people with us to heaven. That's our goal. And so that's what you're joining. You're joining a team. You're joining an army of soul winners. And how do you do so? By sowing your finances. You help us get to the next city, get to the next person, preach the gospel, 
do crusades and do these things. And so I want to say thank you ahead of time for joining the Z team. I know many of the Z team members are on right now watching those who are already partnered with us. Thank you so much. Uh, we're super thankful for you. You help us, you help us and you are a part of the thousands of people who have accepted Jesus as their savior. And I don't just say that to just make you feel good. It's biblically correct. You are a part of it. Just like Jesus, he had partners who gave out of their uh, substance, out of their material gains so that they can help him further along. And you are a part of what God is doing. And we're super thankful for that. Amen. And so I'll, I'll give you a couple more minutes to give. You can put that little. Oh, yeah. Put up the if you give twenty five dollars or more, I'm going to send you this book as a way to say thank you. This book has stood the test of time. It's called Bible Doctrines, and it is a powerful book on um, biblical doctrines um, that you have. You can stand on these, and they are 100% correct. And so we want to get this into your hands as a tool so you can say, you know what? These guys aren't just shooting from the hip. They're actually teaching proper stuff. Amen? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's uh, $25 more. Just make sure you go to the the uh, website on that thing. Am I missing anything? Oh yeah. The free gift. Anybody who you say, you know what? I don't, I can't give 25, but I can give something less. Or if you want both gifts, you can just scan that QR code, get a free gift from us tonight. Hallelujah. Praise him. Amen. Well, let's get the band up and sing a song of rejoicing. And... I know. We were going to put up a funny quote from 2020. Oh, my. I don't know. Should we or no? How's the – are people still on? Yeah, we got a good amount of people still on. Yeah, throw it on there. Let's get them laughing. <laughs> Here's a quote here from a, a pastor friend of mine. Um, and an evangelist, a great evangelist, is back in 2020. Hashtag never forget. Type that in the comments. My God. <laughs> it's hard for me to, to read it from here. Can you My read it, Chris? Go ahead. <laughs> I'll read the bottom part. Oh, there we go. My newest pet peeve, ministers changing their profile pics to wearing masks. What point are you trying to make? Submissiveness, respect for sickness, fear, a nod to skewed science. Bible teaches healing, but we need to be wise. An endorsement to tyranny. <laughs> this pastor responded and said this. The only thing I'll do with those masks is wipe my gospel <laughs> behind with them because Walmart ran out of toilet paper and I'm forced to wipe with something dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Oh, oh my oh, good lord. What crazy <laughs> times was it three years ago? Well, going on four. Little humor for you guys tonight. <laughs> that one stirred up a couple people in the uh the district. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> they didn't find it quite funny. But you can thank them oh, for the River Church god. of Kansas City. Amen. <laughs> Yeah, that stirred up a lot of people when I put that out on Twitter. <laughs> a lot of people were upset. I thought it was funny. I just I was thinking about it last night because we were getting on tonight. And I was like, man, those I want to see those tweets. 
And uh, that one really got me rolling. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, the only way to make it in life is just you got to have a sense of humor or you're not going to make it. <laughs> the district. The district. <laughs> oh, my goodness. God bless the district. God bless him. Having it. But well, I didn't use it, guys. Thursday night, 8 p.m. We're going to be right back in here in the studio. And um, I want to encourage you to hit the subscribe button on YouTube so you never miss. I love you guys. Thank you for hanging <laughs> with us. If you got any of those masks left, you know what to do with them. Use them up quickly. As the old man of God said in 2020, <laughs> if the toilet paper's low, you got the masks. Amen. <laughs> I love you guys. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the loss in America. Go to ZaynerMinistries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.